0: Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined by our new OSU lead writer, Dean Rule. Uh, so, Dean, <coughs> Dean, you and I uh, talked quite a bit on the Preps Podcast. <laughs> now we're going to get to talk about OSU football a little bit. Um, so good to be with you. It's cold. There's snow on the ground. So uh, you're you're safely uh, in Stillwater. I'm in Tulsa. Let's start with the transfer portal. Um uh, you know it, it, transfer portal you know it just seems like there's news almost just constantly flowing in and out but of, o, uh, of the players that osu has gotten
1: who who intrigues you the most so far yeah so it's it's interesting because it's kind of hard to get a read it, it this is now kind of almost season off season three with the transfer portal in, in college athletics and it's hard to get a read on how OSU exactly likes to go through with all this because it seems to change every off season. Um, this year, very last year, maybe not so much active, this year, very active to, to, to begin, you know, this is something I didn't think would really pick up until after they got through their bowl game, but but they're swinging for the fences right now. and, and there's three guys that I really like in, in this transfer class that I think could could be super beneficial for OSU going forward. Patrick, you know one of them because he's a local guy, Tulsa, or yeah, University of Tulsa, Anthony Goodlow, or TU. Excuse me, I'm still getting, I'm still getting used to the vernacular. I'm, I know I'm an outsider to it, Um, but at least you
0: caught yourself though. That that's important. You because yeah,
1: I did. I I always got to be careful with that. Um, But Anthony Goodlow, you know, Mm -hmm. big defensive lineman. Twenty four seven Sports regraded him as a four star. So I think I think he he's a he's an interesting guy to be looking at in a position of need, you know, that D line is going to look completely different compared to what it did this year. Uh you you also have Dalton Cooper, you know, an, an offensive tackle out of Texas State, big big guy, 6'7", is what he's listed at. Uh had all kind of all conference records or all kind of uh accolades this year. So he's another one I think because I think what OSU really wants to do with this transfer class is you want to bring in guys immediate impact. And guys who can just immediately slot into that spot and try to really shore up these 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 uh, absences they're going to have this offseason. And then what I think is probably the most intriguing is uh, Sean Tyler, a running back from Western Michigan. He's a more experienced guy. They just lost their starter. Not only did they lose their starter, they lost – a lot of, a couple depth pieces, you know, depending on how you want to view Braylon, um, depending on how you want to view Dominic leaving that running back rooms, a little, little uh, empty right now. And you bring in this guy who's got experience who's shown to be, have success. I'm interested to see what he did. I think he could maybe have a little bit of a, uh, a Jalen Warren esque kind mm-hmm. of arc with OSU where you come from that smaller, you know, Jalen Warren, he came from Utah state, Sean Tyler's coming from Western Michigan I think these guys are, again, just plug and play. He could maybe be a 1,000-yard rusher next year, and I think OSU would be happy with that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So if you if you consider, Dean, the the losses in the transfer portal for OSU versus who, who they've gained in the portal, just talking portal guys, we'll get to the recruiting class in a, in a bit, but are they in this game of transfer portal, are they at a net gain or a net loss, do you feel, in terms of players?
1: I think right now, as we look at this on December 22nd, we're still dealing with the net loss because let's think about who OSU exactly did lose. You lost your four-year starting quarterback, Spencer Sanders. That's going to be a hard thing to replace. And I know that there's quarterback talent on that roster and coming into that roster uh, as of yesterday. Who knows if they're still swinging for the fences trying to get a transfer quarterback. I would assume they're at least looking into it. Who knows if they actually pulled the trigger there. Um, but that's going to be a big loss. Losing your leading tackler, Mason Cobb, that's mm-hmm. going to be a big loss. So there's, I think OSU has more big losses than they do have big gains, but a lot of that can change. You know, We still have eight months until this season starts, and, and I don't think they're quite done in this transfer portal, in this transfer cycle. Um, but right now I still think we're dealing with a, a net loss when we talk about OSU how that changes in the future, I'd be interested to see, because it seems like OSU has no signs of letting up on, on getting these, these transfer commitments.
0: Well, and that's a good point, Dean. And it's, it's 1015 on Thursday morning. (laughs) It it could change by noon today. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, and I wonder if we're going to get this post signing day activity You know, from the port now that, you know, people have signed and, you know, you kind of know where the openings are uh, to a degree, you know, is there going to be, you know, are people going to see, oh, I can go there or whatever. There could be this kind of post signing day activity in the portal. But, you know, but like you said, I mean, it's 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 changing. You just it's just crazy. It's the wild, wild west out there.
1: Yeah, I think it's something that nobody really knows how to I, I think. I think in college athletics, everybody likes to look forward and nobody knows how to look forward with the transfer portal and try to figure out what the trend is and and how this is all going to look, even in three years from now. And so I think it's kind of just everybody's going with what, what they feel is right at the right moment. And this is a season I think OSU says, let's go get that experience. Let's go get that guy, even though maybe they only have a year or two of eligibility left. Let's go get them. Let's get some immediate play because everybody forgets Patrick. OSU's 12-2 and season in 2021 was built on a lot of transfer success. And so Mm. I think not that they're necessarily going to try to recreate that, but I think they saw we had success when we did it at first. Let's do it again and see what happens.
0: Uh, So I'm kind of – let's talk about this year's recruiting class uh, a little bit. Yesterday was uh, the early signing period or the beginning of the early signing period. Uh, Ladarius Webb kind of intrigues me. Uh, Won't you talk about him for a minute?
1: So yeah, he's a very interesting uh, little prospect here. Um, obviously, he's the son, former Baltimore Ravens. I think he bounced around to a couple other NFL teams, but cornerback with Darius Webb. Um, and he's out of JUCO. So I think, yeah. once again, we can, just how we talked about with the transfers, he's somebody you can kind of bring in. He's got that experience. He's got the age. He's got the talent. He's got kind of everything you want for for an immediate impact player. And I think... That really is something that the Cowboys liked because once again, this secondary kind of got eaten up by the transfer portal, just like it did last year when you had Jark Bernard Converse and Tanner McAllister, both of them transfer out. And you had Trey Sterling ran out of eligibility. Now you're going to have this year, no Thomas Harper, no Jabbar Muhammad, your depth pieces of Canaan Williams and DeMarco Jones are all gone. So, with the secondary kind of going to have a new look again, like a couple other positions on this team next year. He's a guy that I think really has kind of the intangibles you'd want for somebody to come in and have an immediate start and, and you can trust them. The other thing that he's got is OSU lists him as a hybrid. He's not a cornerback. He's not a safety. He can play both. And this is something that Mike Gundy talked about yesterday. He's a guy that they would feel comfortable putting at any of those, those positions in the, in the secondary and so I think he's just a really intriguing option. And he's going to be able to have now eight months in that program in the offseason to figure it out. And I think you could see him really play a big role in that, in that defensive back grouping uh, next year.
0: So uh, only two in-state guys. Um, let's talk, let's kind of break down each one just for a second. Uh, Jacoby Sanders at a Stillwater high school
1: kind of feels a need on the offensive line. What do you make of him? Big kid. I mean, even Mm -hmm. I covered, well, coming off the prep beat, I had covered four Stillwater games this year, and each time he just stuck out for his size. (laughs) Another interesting thing about him, I mean, there's family ties to OSU. His his grandfather was the fullback for Terry Miller. Uh, So he was blocking Terry Miller, and and now Terry Miller's in the College Football Hall of Fame. Um, So there's family ties there. He, he told me that it was OSU from day one is where he he wanted to be um, because of all that. Obviously, you're, he's the center for both both of Mike Gundy's sons. So he, I, I think even Mike's, he, I think even Gundy said it yesterday that that kid's been over at my house more than I can count just because he's hanging out with Gage Gundy. Um, so I know, I know, and Jacoby told me that. And so I think that was a, an easy recruit. Um, a place that Jacoby wanted to be, and and it all just worked out there. Uh, the more interesting one, I think, is Jaden Foreman from Dell City. He wanted to play basketball until like his sophomore year in in high school. He was, he saw himself as a basketball guy, and and now he's one of the state's best. Um, he's a really strong guy. They list him at two fifty, Patrick. I don't know if I believe that. He seems a lot bigger than that. But uh, regardless. Talking with Mike, you know, he he, he spoke to to Jaden's toughness yesterday. He, he said they want to get him even around the 280 range. They said he's he's a raw product that they want to get in, get him with Rob Glass and, and really work on. Um, and so I'd be interested on that D-line, whether they want to put him D-end, maybe move him over to the nose. I doubt they would do that. I think they'd probably keep him on the end. But I think he's a really versatile guy that, that can can make a difference there. And technically, Patrick, we do have one more, but it is a Juco. Um, so, however, we want to look at he's in state or he's not. Uh, but I'm in Oates. He went to Edison High School, but he just spent the past two years at Northeastern Oklahoma AM. He technically is, if we want to call him an in state, however, you want to look at that. Um, but he's on the D line as well and another big body. He's listed at 305 pounds. So, he's more of your nose tackle. Um, he, he's, he might be a guy that, that OSU really does like in that immediate impact area, just because the age and experience and the size already on him.
0: Yeah. So going back to Jacoby Sanders for a second, it's, it's tough to get you know an offensive lineman playing time in year 1 and Gundy's talked about that a lot over the years that ideally you don't want to play freshman offensive lineman uh but having said that do you see maybe Sanders getting some early playing time or do you think he will be a be a, a likely redshirt candidate
1: you know i don't want to put him in the redshirt i don't think he would start but when i spoke with him i said you know what's been the message from them on that on that first year and and he said obviously well, actually, I'll, I'll say this. Obviously, we've seen that that's been a position that's been beat up for OSU lately. You know, they've had they had injuries this year, they had injuries last year. That's just a position on a football field that will get hurt, will get beat up. And I think Jacoby Sanders is a guy that we're talking about might be on that depth spot next year. I think he's easily a guy that can work in, get some reps. He's not going to be starting. He's probably not going to be playing, you know, more than fifteen snaps a game. But I think he is just with the size he already has on him. You know, he's Six, three, three Oh five is what he's listed at big kid. Mm -hmm. I don't see why he couldn't slide into, to that, to a backup spot, a backup role and and kind of just get some, get some reps in that way. Uh, So I definitely think when we look at where the offensive line is and when we look at what he brings, I think there's, there's clear chance he could make some plays this year.
0: So during the Mike Gundy press conference yesterday, um, Anything interesting come out of that? Maybe just some 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 highlights from that. Uh, y- usually a Mike Gunney press conference has some interesting nuggets uh, uh,
1: involved with it. So how did that go? It does. You know, with, I'll say this, Mike looked a little tired and I don't blame him. He was probably up all night w- working away and making sure this, uh, everything recruiting was squared away and they were about to hit, get on an airplane and, and fly off to Arizona for, for the bowl game. They're there right now um but you know mike liked to talk about you know he we broke down all these recruits all these signees and and he gave us what he liked about them. i think what he said most interesting when we talk about the the, we haven't mentioned him yet patrick but the quarterback recruit you know we have yeah so they told me you say the last name floors like the floor not flores
0: so same
1: floors um Mike really spoke highly of, of his ability over the past six to eight months to really develop a run game and develop some mobility. He was more of a pocket guy, but but now he's really picked up some of that, and I think that's very interesting, uh, especially when we look at, like we said earlier, the quarterback group and, and what that's going to look like for OSU next year. He also spoke, uh, talking about recruiting and, and how it's changing, and, and he thinks... There's something to be said about as as this becomes a bigger and bigger deal, and and those bigger schools are able to put more money into recruiting and recruiting travel. You know, he even said, "You just you worry about some of these smaller schools and if they're going to be able to keep up and and all that." And I forget who asked him, but but somebody said, "Hey, Mike, you've always enjoyed this kind of a challenge, uh, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together." And he said, you know, he's not a big fan of everything that's going on right now with this recruiting and transfer portal and NIL, you know. But at the same time, he said, you got to make the adjustments to make it work. And so I think college football is at a very interesting time and everybody's trying to figure it out. Nobody's There's no exception to that, not even Mike Gundy. I, I think it's moving quick and and he's trying to figure it all out.
0: You know what would be a really cool interview if you if you could get like an hour sit down, one on one with Mike Gundy and like don't don't talk OSU at all. Just talk big picture college football issues. Like what is the direction of college football? You know, recruiting and you know how kids are different now and transfer portal and budgets and you know Gundy's always you know I was kind of joking earlier about that. But Gundy's always very interesting on big picture stuff. And he will, and he'll talk about stuff. You know, he'll, he'll mention the challenges of not only Oklahoma State, but college football and how it's evolving and how it's changing. And And, and he's been around long enough now to to have seen how college football has it's changed. I just think it'd be fascinating to sit down with him and just say like, coach, we're not going to talk about Oklahoma State. We're going to talk about college football in general as a whole. Like, where do you see it going? I mean, what,
1: I just, i just think that'd be so fascinating i think so and and really if you think about it mike gundy is one of i guess three coaches who have who can say i've been at a school one school in one position for almost two decades i think there's only two other coaches that can say that really in uh iowa kirk Ferentz, and um utah kyle whittingham mm-hmm. um they've all and mike gundy they've all been in their current position for 18 plus years now and so they get to watch this landscape evolve not while they're bouncing around other schools and different cultures they're watching it evolve in the culture they've built for almost two decades
0: yeah yeah no absolutely so uh all right let's uh let's leave it there so the bowl game is what t- tuesday what is that right when is it 27th today is thursday Yep. Okay. Um, the, the, the holidays always get me a little mixed up on days of the week. So, all right. So actually you're correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you won't be going to the bowl game. That'll still be Kelly Hines. Yep. Um. So look for her coverage. And uh, so Dean and I uh, will be coming at you once a week. We'll figure out what day, but uh, we'll get together next week, Dean, and talk a little bowl game and uh, happy holidays to you and your family.
1: Happy holidays to you, Patrick. Appreciate, right, appreciate everybody it. listening.
0: Appreciate it. We'll talk soon.